sermon podcast of Dan Roschke, pastor of Bethlehem Lutheran Church in Fairfax, Virginia. For more information about Bethlehem, visit our website at blclife.org. But now, here's Pastor Dan and his sermon for today. It is so hard to trust in God. This Old Testament story, which I'm going to preach on today, is about trusting in God. In this October stewardship season, it's also about God's subtle ways and God's subtle saints who don't give up on us when we have trouble trusting and believing in God. This lesson is from 2 Kings, the fifth chapter, and it's the story of Naaman, the Syrian, being healed. Do you ever think you know better than the Holy Spirit? I mean, <laughs> when things get real, you hear nice things in church, but you know, when issues of health care or immigration come up and we hear things in church like, how Jesus says, let the children come to me, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And Jesus puts children at the center. You ever question all that and say, well, yeah, Jesus, but you don't understand all the financial implications, the tax burdens, uh, the, 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 the strain that that puts on the system. Immigrant children or health care for everyone can have on our society. <laughs> That's a very political example. But when we look at Jesus' words, I'm just trying to make the point that when we look at Jesus' words and then look back at our real world, headlines in the news, sometimes it's hard to trust in God. Amen? Sometimes it's hard to believe that this God we celebrate and praise so nicely here has anything of substance really for our present situations. Maybe a more personal example, we can get pretty angry at times. I don't know about you, but I know I can. Don't show it all the time, but I think anger can build up in us and come out in all kinds of ways, often really unhealthy ways. We keep a pleasant demeanor, but it comes seeping out uh, in little comments or in hidden actions um, because... Often, it's hard to face the truth of what's really eating at us. That's what therapy's all about. And so when we hear all these stories and messages that Christ comes among us and among his disciples and says, Peace be with you. <laughs> I don't know about you, but sometimes I can get a little snarky, a little cynical say things under my breath, under my spiritual breath. Yeah, sure, Jesus, easy for you to say, we're living in the real world here. We've got bills to pay, children to take care of, all kinds of uncertainties and realities, privileges and securities to protect. It is hard to trust in God. Naaman the Syrian, here in 2 Kings, had a similar problem. Naaman was a soldier, and actually he was a decorated general. He had a lot of things. He had quite the resume. He had the king's ear. Lived in Arlington. (laughs) 
he had privilege and position and money. He's the kind of guy who, when he stepped into a restaurant, everybody would turn and look at him because he was famous and powerful. But he also had this skin disease, and he was in pain. I think on a number of levels, I imagine. And here's where the saints get to work. I said this is a story about God's subtle saints and angels, characters in the background who don't even have names. I want you to think this day and this week about those in your life who work subtly and kindly, patiently, Naaman had this Hebrew servant, the text says, who basically whispered to him about God's healing acts through this Israelite prophet named Elisha. And this Hebrew servant girl didn't even have a name that we know. Who are those quiet saints in your life? Maybe you know some names. Maybe there's some who never actually got their name. Kind of sidled up quietly when you were in a place of anger, frustration. An ongoing theme in the Hebrew scriptures, in the Old Testament, as we call it, in the Christian church, is that Israel, God's people, are from the beginning and always blessed to be a blessing to the world. That's a theme throughout the Hebrew scriptures. Naaman was a Syrian general. He was not an Israelite. He was from the north. And this Hebrew servant passes him a message of salvation, a blessing, a message of healing. God can make you whole. But like we can be, Naaman is resistant to it. He's doubtful. He's realistic. He really doesn't believe it. Even while he actually does attempt to make the contact with the king of Israel to try to get Elisha's number, <laughs> do you see how he still tries to work through the channels, work through the top? Oh, well, all right, okay, give me his number. <laughs> and now things get even murkier as he tries to, f as he does find a way to contact Elisha. Elisha, excuse me. Elisha doesn't even go out to meet him. So this upsets him. As you can imagine, instead, Elisha sends another servant, another saint in this story with a simple message, go wash in the Jordan River seven times and you'll be cured. It, it was that simple in a way. And do you think Naaman received that well? <laughs> what do you mean go wash in the Jordan River seven times? I... I I've got a skin disease here. You're telling me to go get in this, and the Jordan's a little trickle of a river. Have you ever had a medical issue that was easily solved, actually, but that almost made you angrier? <laughs> you go around and around with doctor's offices and appointments and medical bills and insurance companies, family members, referrals for months, and then it turns out you just needed to stop eating, say, almonds <laughs> or something like that. Often it's diet, isn't it? Oh, so often it's diet. What? That's it? 
I can't believe that. I think I think that's I think that's Naaman-ish here. He's angry coming into it. He's arrogant. He's in pain, and he gets told by a servant. No one sends a servant out to me. He says he gets told by a servant to go wash in the Jordan, and and he does. He insults the Jordan River. He's a muddy trickle of a river. I got beautiful rivers here where I live in Syria. You want me to go wash in that river? But then his servants, his saints, his angels, those quiet ones, calm him down in this text. Peace be with you, Father. Just try it. We've come all this way. And so he does. And so he's healed. It's an odd story. On one hand, it's an odd story, but on the other hand, it's our story again. Who are those blessings in your lives? Who are the saints, the angels? Some have gone before us. Some are with us still. Some we have yet to meet, maybe even later today. Who are they who calm you down, who breathe peace into your hectic world? We get blinded and arrogant and entitled and angry and we lose sight of the angels God has sent us, those quiet servants of the gospel. We too can miss those voices in our lives because we, like Naaman, think we know better. We, like Naaman, struggle to trust God and the puny little whispers and hints and suggestions and encouragements and invitations to calm down that God offers us through the saints, the angels, the people in our lives, or the tiny trickle of holy waters from a holy source, a baptismal font. We struggle to trust all of that, that it's really real, (laughs) our son Micah while he was when he was a little boy he's 16 now almost 17 but but we always laughed at this this uh this time we overheard him with his friend they were playing and his playmate was always telling him about his plans to build these things out of Legos I'm going to build this, and I want to build this, and I want to build that. Finally, Micah just snapped. I remember thinking about it again the other day. You're always talking about these things you want to build, he says to his friend. You never build any of them. Why don't you just build one already? If that question were directed at us, I think it'd be easy to snap back at the Micah voices. You know, just do it. Just do it. I'll tell you why I don't build or why I don't invest in a relationship or reach out to an organization or a friend in need or sacrifice my time or my money or my emotional energy because here are all the things that can go wrong. Yeah, worked up we can get. How worried, how paranoid, how obsessive and averse to risk or, or, or fill in the blank. Sometimes the answer is easy. Just go wash in the river. Seven times. Just go talk to him. The person that upset you so much. Just remember, maybe, maybe they're hurting too. Just 
go ask her. You'll n you never know if you don't ask. Just try it. Washing in the river seven times. You know, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes a while and it takes repetition to untangle our distrust in God. It's what I love about liturgy. You know, the same thing we do every Sunday, over and over, gathering, word, meal, sending, gathering, word. It, it takes a while, it takes repetition to untangle our distrust in God. We're untangling our distrust in God as we worship together, friends. We can lose heart. We can lose hope and trust, but God does not. God is faithful and just, remember. God does not abandon us in our frustration and anger and doubt. God washes us and makes us new. We see it again in the gospel text where Jesus heals the 10 lepers, all frantic and upset and understandably so, but there's this tone of calm, I hope you're catching, overcoming chaos there too. And Jesus prescribing a ritual, go wash in the waters. And the rest of the ritual, come back giving thanks. Only one does. And so I imagine the chaos continues because it's both in receiving and in giving thanks where the healing happens. The servant girl in the Naaman story who first got the message of healing of, of a God who could save Naaman from his disease, which needless to say was more than just a skin disease, that servant girl was described as a young girl. And when Naaman is cured, it says that his skin was restored to that of a young boy. I think that's significant. I think there is a connection with being of God and that word young, regardless of age. This isn't about age. Young in the sense of trusting. The young girl is the quiet blessing at the beginning, and now Naaman, with his skin like that of a young boy, becomes a blessing too, you see? This is a medal, a ranking, a role that tops all others. Blessed to be a blessing. And this is a medal, a ranking that God pins on you today too, friends in Christ. We glory in the saints and we join that glorious company of young saints being washed in the waters, even the trickling waters of that little baptismal font. And here's the thing, Lutherans believe, we believe that faith, that is trust in God, is a gift that is given to us in our baptism. So we are reminded again today that it's already been done. You already have faith. God has given it to you as a free gift. God has done the work, we say, in Christ Jesus. God has already done the healing. We just get to return and give thanks. God makes you whole. God names you a blessing. God offers you that free gift of faith and trust. And God holds us in grace, even if we reject or forget to come back and give thanks. 
This is our God overflowing with forgiveness, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. That promise is real, friends. It's real today. It's real forevermore. Thanks be to God. Amen. at Bethlehem Lutheran Church, thank you for listening. Check us out again soon. And to learn more about our national church body, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, visit elca.org. Goodbye for now. And remember, God's outpouring of grace and peace never runs dry. Here's to a new day. Evangelical. That was terrible. To learn more about our national church body. Start over, start over. (laughs) Okay. Is that hard? No, not really. Pretty easy? Yeah. You're good at it.